And we're back. Perfect. All right. Let's take it. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Look at you. Look at you like a tourist down here in the South <laughs> Bay, ta- taking taking pictures of the uh, yeah. the naval helicopters the flying elements, overhead. The elements. We, we call them ghetto birds, bro. <laughs> you don't think I know ghetto birds? I'm in City Heights, man. It's crazy right here, man. Um, that I see that every day. Like, I, like well, Coronado's right across the area, right there, right across sure. the bay, so... They're always crossing over and the kids just, they lose their shit. They're like, oh, what is that? Oh, what's going on? I'm that oh. guy. Oh, yeah. Or you and me kid. both. I've become jaded now. Kid. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. It's, it's three o'clock. Nah. They're, they're flying. They're ready. The fly by. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it. that beautiful voice that you're hearing on the other end. The legend. Chris Cantori, thank you very much for joining me in the treehouse. Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you for having me. We are COVID compliant. We are, you know, we're parents. Yes, uh, we're 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 older. We're not old, but we're we're definitely older. Yeah, and we want to make sure that we're dotting the i's and crossing the t's, adhering to everything that we know is safe. Yeah, I got those. Uh, what do they call them? The comorbidities. Uh-oh. You know, it's it's not it's nothing. You know, you're proud of admitting, but it is what it is. I, I've been dealing with high blood pressure. I'm 50, and in my early 40s, during a stressful period in my life, uh, specifically my wife was uh, fighting breast cancer at the time. And uh, under that stress, I, I developed uh, high blood pressure. And uh, because of that, I have to take medication. And then when this COVID stuff happened, not only did I learn that having high blood pressure is a, is a added risk, mm-hmm. but apparently this medication that I'm on can also trigger or have some type of reaction to the covid if you will so i was like damn dude that's that's two things working against me party look at us just chatting it up about cool shit (laughs) oh man i do hear cbd has wonderful benefits in the world of covid and coronavirus and where do you get your cbd from cantori (laughs) go ahead bro (laughs) it's funny how did that happen how did how did CBD and dispensaries become the go-to uh, um, sponsors and, and to, for podcasts and essentials, man. How did all that happen? This is awesome. Crazy time we're living in. Sure is. I we're think, in the treehouse. We're I in think. Chula Vista. I'm happy you're down here. I'm happy you made the trek, man. For me, anything north of the 54 is North County. So <laughs> you might as well be in LA. I don't know where exactly you came from. You said City Heights, but man, that's far, far away. That's funny. <laughs> I love it down here. And I mentioned when you were on actually my podcast that my mother-in-law lives in I be so i'm often cruising through or driving through this area in fact when i got off the exit i laughed because every every time i uh, back in the day would get my mexican auto insurance i would get off at the same exit and hit that place next to the burger king and what's that insurance called kentori that's a different spot another sponsor this place i don't know but Damn, you uh, said you're a fucking pro you're just talking about it i'm like dude this guy is just linking all of his sponsors <laughs> in one flow one after the next oh, stop. <laughs> you're the pro man hey man what... you know what it's awesome to have you here. We were tinkering with this earlier. Uh, we have a new, I have a new setup. We obviously, I came outside. 
I'm no longer in the dungeon, the COVID dungeon inside the brewery in the basement. <laughs> For the time bearing, we figured that may not be the best move. Too many people in my circle uh, gotten close. You know, yeah. too, too many people are getting... Uh, getting that Rona. So in order to protect my family, protect, you know, the, the elders in my family, I decided the smartest thing to do, not that the fucking podcast is essential or it's like something super important, but people like it. Yeah. So I figured, Hey, let's keep doing it. Let's do it safe. Um, that's all bullshit. Wifey said, if you're going to do that, you got to go outside. You got to do it here. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm married to Mexican women, whatever they say goes, you know, I, so I understand. <laughs> I'm Italian, man. <laughs> Mexican moms, Italian moms, they're all the same. <laughs> Kentor, you have been a local legend since the early 90s. Fuck. You started in 93, straight out of San Diego State. Yeah. What yeah. was your first gig? My first gig was working over at KFMB when it was uh, Star 100.7 at the time. And uh, all I wanted to do was stay in San Diego and work in quote-unquote entertainment because I had come down originally from Los Angeles and didn't want to leave San Diego after spending five years down here for San, you know, I did the five year plan at state. Didn't want to leave. So Why so I, soon? <laughs> yeah. Right. I would have, oh, I would have done a 10 year plan if I could have, but uh, I didn't want to leave. So I said, how do I find a job akin to working in Hollywood or entertainment in San Diego? So I, I honestly, I opened up the, the yellow pages or the white page now, white pages and looked for anything that had a K or an X in front of it and, and for call letters, mm -hmm. KFMB, XTRA, whatever. It was, you know, I would just apply to every single media outlet in town. And the only call back I got was from KFMB to uh, answer phones for their morning show on 100.7. And uh, the pay was five bucks an hour. There it is. And I remember calling my folks. And my dad was so bum because he had this, he wanted me to go to USD law school and he wanted me to go down that route and, and uh, you know, apply for financial aid and do the law school thing because he was a labor attorney. But I just knew that I didn't want to continue with education and wanted to get into the, the thing. And you wanted to do the workforce. You wanted to be part of a, part of a community, community, the Something. scene. Yeah. I just wanted to be in entertainment, but I didn't want to live in LA and work in Hollywood because I grew up around that and didn't want to be part of that, but I still wanted to do that. What, what part of that was appealing to you? The create, the, the creativity. Yeah, that was it. You know, it was all just about being creative and just, uh, I mean, I remember being a kid running around the valley up in LA and just shoot, shooting videos and doing man on the street stuff and recording straight to VHS, you know, camera and just interviewing people. I remember being like 16 years old outside of a 7-Eleven and asking people what they thought about AIDS and HIV. No way. What was the... <laughs> I mean, just because... Was, How were you received? Oh, people thought I was crazy. Yeah. Like, what's this kid asking me these really important questions for? But it was just like, that. that's where I thought, yeah, I thought it'd be kind of funny. Like we're in front of 7-Eleven and rather than asking them, you know, did you get the cherry Slurpee or the Coke Slurpee? I'm just going to ask them how they feel about the current AIDS and HIV pandemic because this was the mid 80s. Jesus. So just random you, stuff man. like that. And, and But on the flip side, I was also shooting with my friends comedy videos and just us doing stuff on our BMX bikes and skateboards and all these skits and, and pretending we were late late night hosts and stuntmen and fake fights and crashes and all that stuff on video. That's a, that's a thing, man. I feel like people that I know that, um, 
are kind of like on my wavelength of because you know I, I I I look to you and I'm like I kind of want to do what Cantori does you know Cantori you, you're at the center of a, like your own media you you put out podcasts you've done you've done radio you've done audio you've jumped into the video aspect that we were talking about earlier and I'm like I I'm trying to surround myself with more people that are doing that thing because I want to learn I'm I'm ignorant when it comes to this man I'm at the bottom floor but I'm just I'm I'm a sponge I want to learn it all up. Everything you did when you were in LA ultimately led to what you're currently doing now. No question. No question. And that's why I wanted to see how can I do it down here without having to move to LA or, or subscribe to that Hollywood lifestyle, which I knew I didn't want to be part of. It's a dangerous lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it was Spirals that. quickly. And just the, the pretentiousness of it all and the flashiness of it all. I knew I didn't fit into that. I knew I was never going to be the dude rolling with models or doing blow at the, at the hotel, you know, Chateau Marmont. Yeah, I was just <laughs> not that friggin' dude. I, I like being in the crowd. I like being in the clubs. You know, when I grew up in LA, I grew up in the club culture on Sunset Strip. And I, you know, I watched Guns N' Roses in the clubs. I watched Damn. Jane's Addiction in the clubs. You know, this is, that I liked being a nobody and just this, this, this cockroach in the middle of the scene. And if I could create content that can transcend or cut into it, that would be the raddest thing ever. You parlayed that into a gig at a KFMB? Yeah. How long much. did you uh, hang out there? For a couple of years, but that's kind of where I Cut learned. Cut your teeth? Yeah, but it's also where I learned. It, I was so green walking into it, and it's where I learned my, my earliest lessons when it came to radio and personalities and having to look. You know, I just couldn't believe that it was such a gossipy environment and so backstabby and someone you thought was your friend was talking shit behind your back you know you learn like two seconds later down you know in another office and it was my first exposure to all that Ugh. and it really fucked with my head early on like i started having gnarly panic attacks early in my radio career because I came from this environment that was just, you know, it's just a college student, just all about partying, having fun, creating art. I almost got onto the real world. And then you get into this friggin' environment where it was so friggin' cutthroat and moving so fucking fast. And these people that you normally wouldn't hang with in real life are suddenly your coworkers and you're all working together and you think you're on the same team, but you quickly learn that you're not on the same team and it's every man for himself. When you say cut your teeth, that's how I cut my teeth. Because I've had the privilege of talking to a few people in your industry over the last couple of months, man. Um, that seems to be par for the course in your industry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the cutthroat, the, the backstabbing. Um, fuck. And then do you, you become almost, jaded to that? Or, or, you do. Yeah? And you hate it. You hate it because you see yourself and you feel yourself becoming jaded. And then you fight that. And then it becomes this really weird, you want to become the antithesis of oh, it. Oh, for sure. And then the more you become the antithesis of it, then, the, then you have a whole nother set of issues and rocks getting thrown at you or shit being, t it's just, it's a mind F dude. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I had the experience, you know, especially when I look early on and Mike, it was the best, I say all this, but it was also the best thing that ever happened to me too. Your longest tenured gig, was it? The morning show at 91X. Yeah. How long, how many years you put in? Because that's 11. That's precisely where I know the Chris Cantori name. Right. You know, that that's, 
11 years. That was through in my high school year. So I was, I would always listen to Stern and I would listen to Cantor, you know, like those were the two things I would juggle back and forth. Sure. And when I told wifey, I was like, Oh, have you heard of Chris Cantori? She's a little young. And she's like, Oh Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go on his podcast. <laughs> and I mean, and, and ultimately I want to see if he wants to come on Emo Brown and just shoot the shit and whatever, you know? So when I say like, oh yeah, yeah, you're royalty in this industry and in, in the media game, you are, man. I mean, people know you. I was walking down like, where are you going? You're getting burritos? Like, yeah, I'm going to do a podcast. Who are you having today? I was like, Chris Cantore. Fuck, bro, he's going to go in the treehouse? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But do you believe me and understand that I don't look at myself mm. that way or see myself that way? You are a... Southern California guy, bro. You That's are how I see myself. You know, like I've talked to you enough to know what kind of dude you are. You know, I said, Hey man, what kind of burrito you want? I usually get people burritos or we have some beers or have some whiskey. So you boy salad's like all right, cool. <laughs> nice, all right. And then I, all I know is that you love you love surfing, you know. I know you've taken a recent spill, sprained your ankle, but you've probably been kicking yourself in the ass with uh, a good ankle because you can't surf right now. The worst, man. I mean, I, from everything I've hearing from my boy Glasses, he's a hardcore surfer. He's like, oh man, the waves, they're pumping, and da da da. No, this week's been legendary. No, I love everything about Southern California culture. That's how I got hip to your podcast because I put you and what you do under the Southern California culture you know, blanket, if you will. And I've been fascinated by uh, Mexican art and culture since I got to say, I'll tell you, I would say that Mexico, the proximity and our proximity to Mexico is 90% of the reason why I went to San Diego state because I was in at San Francisco state. I also got into, uh, what was the other one? Uh, it's like a journalism school, San Francisco State. Yeah, San Francisco State, Redlands, a school in Redlands and San Diego. Mm -hmm. I visited all three campuses. And <laughs> while I was visiting San Diego, I did a, a trip down to Mexico. And uh, I'll never forget crossing the border. We parked down at uh, the McDonald's down there after partying at like, it was like a Club A or Rio Rita's. Or Hong Mr. Kong. No, that, that, was a, that was a couple of years later. Maybe Mr. Crown. Dude, I catch people on that all the time. I was like, oh, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, I've been there, but it was many years later. But the, this initial trip, no, it was just a bucket of beer, Rio Rita's, hang out with my buddies after spending time in San Diego and going to the beach and the campus. And I was like, this is it. I was walking across the border, headed to that McDonald's parking lot where we parked my buddy's truck, and I said, I'm going to San Diego State. And that was that. Dude, Southern California culture is that. It's very relaxed. I feel like we get we we do get shit on from other other states, other coasts, other people that are, you know, visiting here, tourists here, like, oh man, you guys are too relaxed. You guys are too laid back. I visited other places and they're nonstop. They're on the go. They're move, 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 head down. They won't really like say hi to you, don't even wave. Yeah. I don't like that shit. Man. Me neither. I, I'm, I'm raising a couple of, you know, three little boys and I just want them. That's the main reason we moved back to the West side of Chula Vista is because, you know, it's like what you see is what you get. You, we, yes. we talk to our neighbors, like everyone's friendly, you know, it's like everyone is just a little bit more community centric. And to me, that's what the Southern California culture is. And in the microcosm, that's what the South Bay culture is for I me. It's, you know, it's like all we do down here, like the motto for the brewery um, is cerveza, 
familia, cerveza, música y fiesta. You know, so it's family, beer, uh, music, and party. Yeah. And that legitimately, that, that, that's our core. That, that's what we believe in. And that's what I was raised on, you know? Like, we were raised on family first over everything, you know? And then, Same. You know, cerveza ultimately just business. That's, so it's family, it's your business, it's, it's having a good time, it's just, just enjoying your time, you know? We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have responsibilities. We all have things that we have to check off the list on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean... That we can't enjoy what we're doing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, and our I mean, time is so friggin' limited on this planet. Why subscribe to anything else, you know, the, other than having the purpose that you just explained? If 2020 can teach us anything, it's that, it's man. That. It's nothing is forever, you know, it's, everything is temporary. So, just might as well, like, enjoy every moment. Don't take it all too seriously and just, you know, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Thousand percent. South Bay, man. Yeah, I'm not. A, I think you're, you you expect me to be just like afraid or something. <laughs> of the, bro, you live in City Heights. <laughs> Shit. If anything, I would be more afraid. I remember my, I used to work in City Heights, and it, it's a dangerous spot. You know, I love it, it's though. a dangerous spot, but I it's, love it. It's the best food in San Diego. Yeah, it's so many cultures. Yeah, you, you have little Somalia. You have uh, obviously you have the Mexican dynamic. There's Asian cuisine everywhere. I'm like. There's anywhere to go eat, it's there. Dude, it's the I love living in my neighborhood. I love coming down to this area as I was explaining and and mentioning, you know, just anything that takes me away from just any pretension or just pretentious behavior. Just anything that's whitewashed and homogenized and it's just it it, it creeps me out. I, I'm not comfortable in those environments. They give me anxiety. I need to be in a place that has a sense of community and a, and a sense of soul. And that's sometimes gets harder and harder to find in San Diego, but I feel it here. There's pockets. There's yeah. still pockets. You can well, definitely get lost. Perfectly in. at home here. Nice, but if, man. if I was in a treehouse in Carmel <laughs> Valley, I'd be friggin' starting to itch. <laughs> no offense to people who live in Carmel Valley, but you know, it's just those environments. I, it, they're not conducive to me. Since we were talking a little bit about the pandemic and the shutdown, um, 91X, your tenure ended what year? Oh, boy. And strangely, it does kind of relate to the pandemic because it ended at the beginning of the recession, the okay. historic recession. I stopped working at 91X in 2008, okay. 2009-ish, around that time. When the, bu the bubble burst. And when the everything <laughs> burst. And that's why I was strangely, aside from the health side of this, everything else, I've strangely been kind of prepared for this because I've gone through similar things before where I've had to, in restaurant terms, shut down a business overnight where I had you know this, this career that was doing so great at 91X and overnight it got shut down and I didn't work for a good two plus years. You know, that's when I started first getting into podcasting and digital media because it was my only outlet. I couldn't get on a regular quote unquote traditional platform at that time. So it forced me and pushed me out into the place that we're both in right now. Mm -hmm. So for me, what was a, a, a traumatic thing at the time, and if I could do it all over again, there, there are certain areas where I think I would have handled things differently. But I'm so thankful that that experience happened because 
it just falls under the adage, you know, if it do, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It should. It definitely and it, and should. And it really did. And I'm thankful that I had the experience, especially as it relates to the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic, what it has done for us, it's forced us to look inward, figure out things for ourselves. As sad and cold as it sounds, you, you got to really depend on yourself and your inner circle. You know, you have to do what you got to do to survive and, and, and keep it moving. Um and that inner circle gets smaller and smaller. I'm learning the older I get. I like it. I don't know about you, so do I. I. I enjoy it. Me too. Less less people to depend on. Less people to worry about. I, I notice there's a lot of there's a lot of just kind of like fakeness and yes. things that you kind of do, and it, it just becomes second nature. Like, and I'm I, I doing my best now to kind of sever all of those things and just focus on what's really Especially important. Especially when bro. you're trying to get through, and you got three kids that you know. I see them poking their beautiful heads out of the window. <laughs> you know, you, you've got people depending on you so to be in a situation where you're dealing with pettiness or garbage amongst people who are supposedly your friends i i just unnecessary that's kind of how i feel so i've really spent more time on focusing and putting more effort on the people that really matter the most to me in my life where before i don't know about you but there are a lot of times in my life where i would put my focus on the wrong people yeah for sure try yeah. to turn them around yeah. or bring them around and it's like that's wasted such, energy such wasted energy because you've got all these beautiful souls that are just dying for that same attention absolutely man that's the one thing that i take with me from this whole experience is like you know you got to look look at your core and take care of your core same there, there, there's nothing else take care of your same. core physically as, as our temple you know yeah. we're getting older there's 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 not much that we uh we can do to to make it better but we have to make sure that we keep it the same <laughs> the other thing i'm doing too is if i do cross paths with somebody who is like-minded and f and cool like yourself uh -huh. I'm going to invest in that relationship. You reach out, you ask me to come on your show, I'm in. You reach out, you have a question about videography, dude, help me help you. Dude, I, I have so many questions, bro. I have questions for I you. I have so many questions. But that's the thing. It's just like if you meet the right people, invest in those relationships, not some dude who's promising you garbage or, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't have time for it anymore. Looking back now, it's safe to say that you've closed the chapter in your book as it relates to terrestrial radio. Uh, do you see yourself in any way ever going back? Is there like a dream gig, a dream opportunity that you would totally flock to? It's a and great question that I would have answered so differently at certain points of my life. That's uh, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's there are growth. times where I would have said, not a chance in hell. Radio's the Antichrist. You know, to uh, absolutely, I'll do anything for it. Um, now... I can honestly tell you in a very level-headed way that um, I would never say I'm done by any means, but um, what, what would the, dr the dream opportunity would be me being able to go into a, a radio station, do the show that I enjoy doing, under the the terms that i like doing them under you know it's like if you're a restaurant owner you want to run a restaurant the way you know how to run a restaurant your way yeah and unfortunately that hasn't been how radio has worked for quite some time which is why i've had a severe disconnect with it for many many years but you know when i was at kfmb they let me do my own thing this last run and you know we had really 
great success early on that I attribute to just letting us do our let, thing. Yeah, let you loose. Let the creativity juices flow. So if those situations do present them you know, down the line, I would definitely consider it. I don't see that happening. Therefore, I'm not sending out tape or exhausting my energy and trying to create opportunities because I just don't see them being out there. But if I did get back on the radio, which I did the last time, my digital stuff would never slow down. I would keep that. Keep it pumping? Always. That's never going to stop. Which leads me to where you are currently. The U Network. Yeah. Let us know a little bit about that. It's fun. You know, it's, it's something that I'm doing. It, it, you know, it helps me pay the bills. Is it, is it supporting my family in a way that radio could? Absolutely not. You know, at this juncture, not. But um, essentially, it's my own little media network, as you mentioned earlier, where I'm just curating content that uh, I'm interested in. And it uh, happens to be stuff that's uh, action sports related, uh, craft beer, Mexican food, cannabis, uh, music, those verticals. All things Southern California. <laughs> yeah, those verticals. And we produce a steady stream of podcasts and videos around that subject matter and social media. And essentially we, we, we get partnerships and form partnerships with other people and help promote them through our media. And again, at this stage and with the level of distribution that we have, it's, it's not enough to support a family, but it's certainly enough to keep my interest, keep it going, keep it inspired, you know, keep me inspired while I try and attempt to do other things in life, like voiceover work and writing and other things that I've dreamed about, but shelved throughout the years because my goal was providing for my family and survival. Not only is that a, a goal, that's the, that's the ultimate uh, responsibility. You know, you have to answer the bell every day, every morning, you know, we've yeah. got to make sure that uh, all the eyes are dotted, as I said earlier, because if you are failing to meet responsibility, you're not going to excel in the other things Never. that you want, you know? Never. What you're currently doing, man, with the U Network is something that I've always wanted to do. Um, even before I started messing around with Emo Brown and, and doing what we're doing now, like I feel like we're on a good trajectory with with the, the people that we're, I'm linking up with and just the way the podcast is going and just all of the little outliers, you know, because I, I look at what you've done and, and I want to talk about what you're doing right now because I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. But it's like, I try to model myself off different people and what they're doing, you know? Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I work in an industry in, in UPS where I get like eight hours a day of no talking. You know, I'm just working, I'm just grinding, it's just me. And, you know, if, at the occasional, like, I run into somebody else, but it's just me on my own little area. So I get a lot of opportunity where I listen to audiobooks, where I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I'm always up to, uh, up to speed with what's current and current events. Um, a lot of self-help books. I started doing a lot of uh, the meditation books, you know. I'm in a mindfulness therapy little community group Tuesday morning, 6.30 a.m. I'm in oh. a little half-hour little mindfulness group. That I met through a, through an app. Hell yeah, you know. And based on that, I I started a book club with the guys it. at work. You know, we, we, we once a week we get a new book, we we power through it at work, and then we meet up like on Thursday, Fridays at work, and be like, all right, cool, what's up? What'd you think of that book? Like, you know, what, what can you take from it? La la la. We're all, we're all dads, you know. So we're all in that stage of our life where it's it's more so like, dude, what can we do to get better? You know, yep. 
our body, our physical matter is not going to change that much. You know, we are what we are. We got the dad bods. But what can we ultimately <laughs> do to to make those around us better, make their environment better? Like, I want to I want to leave something for my kids that they can take take over, whether it's the brewery, another business, a a, a foundation, just something like a legacy. And then, to, all right, bro, I, I paved it. Excel, take it to the next level. So when I see people like you that are on that next level of what I want to do, it's like, all right, cool. This is my opportunity. Take advantage of it. Poke around in that head of Cantori, you know, which brings me to what you're doing currently, which is something I always wanted to do. And I'll tell you why. I saw you dabbling with voiceovers and animation. What's going on there, man? I saw that the other day. I was a little under the influence and I was like, this is fucking rad. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, that falls under everything that you're talking about. And um, expanding and challenging yourself and trying to do, do different things. And for me, ever since I got out of San Diego State, because I was a, a creative writing major at State. Nice. So I, you know, it kind of goes into the Hollywood thing where I knew I didn't want to go to LA and work in entertainment. What can I do in San Diego that falls under the entertainment blanket? And that's how I, you know, got involved in morning radio. And, and then beyond that, I always had that dream of being a screenwriter and, and writing my own shit and voicing my own shit. But when it came to voiceover stuff, I never knew how to break into it. Either I was too insecure to try to figure it out or I was too lazy or the times I did dabble, I was asking other people who were in it that weren't really that app, you know, quick to share their resources, their agents, their contacts. Seems to be a common theme, you know? So I was like, all right, that's not for me. And it was kind of the same thing with, uh, even in areas with, you know, film and production. I mean, I'm not kidding you, dude. I know, there are guys that I grew up with since I was six years old. Homies, dude. BMX bikes, you know, for talking about sex for the first time with these guys. And you, you try to approach the subject of pitching a show to them or getting some help in the Hollywood game and it just goes just dark blank you know and it's just like fuck what do you think what do you attribute that to do you is it they don't want to relinquish anything of what they've got because they're afraid that if they give too much you'll take too much is it they just no I think it's more if I share we're all fighting for the same gigs so I don't want to give you my the code, the code to break in that potentially you could put me out. Yeah, you're ultimately gonna get those guys off the box. Yeah, or just yeah, everyone's so protective of what they have that they're not into sharing it. And I don't like that. I mean, well, that's the yeah. same. I'm not wired that way either. I'm, I mean, I'm the antithesis of that to a fault. Like, hey, I'm starting this thing. You want to do it too? Come on, man. I'll, you know, mm. let's do this together. Where you know people become extremely insular. And trying to cut through that was tough for me. So that's why I just stayed on the radio road. But there were plenty of times throughout my career where I was venturing up north and pitching TV show ideas, reality show ideas. I had one for a celebrity dog show where celebrities would bring their dogs on TV and treat it like an AKC officiated event, like best in show. Yeah. And I was pitching that around. I even got in front of Simon Cowell's people. But uh, ultimately, that didn't take off because I didn't have a star attached to the project. So this is stuff I've always dabbled in is my point. But now that I'm 50 years old, technically unemployed, 
I just got kicked off the radio train yet again. Wah, wah, wah. Before it used to bum me out. Now I just fucking laugh. I could give a shit. Uh, other than as it relates to supporting my family, obviously, and being gainfully employed. <laughs> that, that little thing. You know? <laughs> that little thing. But the ego side, I literally laugh in the face of that. But uh, now I've got the time. Yeah. And I've got contacts. So as it relates to that. Build, build, build. There's a musician by the name of Donovan Frankenreiter. Yes, sir. You know Donovan? Oh, for sure. Not personally, what but yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. He released a video that was animated. And I hit up Donovan and I was like, dude, I love the friggin' animation. He's like, that's Scuba Steve up in LA. He works with Cisco Adler, Lou Adler's kid in, uh, out of some uh, cocoon creative thing, some, some creative project up in Malibu. So I said, I'm going to hit up Scuba. So I hit up Scuba Steve and said, hey, I've got this idea that I've been really kind of tossing around in my head. How much would it cost to get something produced? And he gave me a figure and then I sent him the script and then he said he laughed his ass off nice. so much. He's like, dude, I'm not going to charge you. Let's do this together. So I said, I love it. Do it. I said, there's a, my favorite numbers are 50-50. <laughs> I will write voice and bring in all the voice actors. You do the animation and we're in 50-50. And um, I'm telling you, uh, you're the, I mean, honestly, you're the first person I'm sharing this with. Uh, the name of the, sh it's an animated short series called Arlo. Nice. And it's about a dude who did a hit of acid so strong in the early 70s that he slipped into a coma, a reduced state of consciousness in his VW bus. And then he comes to in 2020, 2021, <laughs> and he's navigating through life still thinking it's 1970. 70s mentality. With the 70s mentality. And it's Hell called yeah, Arlo. Man. So simple, but you know it's going to bang. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is I'm trying it. What are you planning with this? Is this going to be like a, something you release on some on, on, under the U network? Is this something that you put on? Initially, like, uh -huh. yes. Okay. Yes. And then monetizing through, like Arlo's obviously going to visit a dispensary in an episode. Oh, for sure. So why not have it be one of our sponsors' dispensaries and they can pay to have their anime, you know, their dispensary animated. That's so clever, man. Series. Or if we stop by a brewery, same type of a thing. I know. Or, exactly. <laughs> so initially, that's how we want to monetize. But I also have, you know, then you have those Hollywood dreams, those stars in your eyes of is that demo going to hit? And maybe there is a chance that it could get picked up by an adult swim or nothing would make me happier than having the scuba Steve kid sitting up at Comic-Con one year and talking about this. I don't want to be there. He's the animator. People are paying attention. People are watching. People have a lot of time on their hands My for better exactly. or for worse. If yes. there's any time to have something like this, you know, bang, hit, and take it to the next level, it's now, man. That's it. We have run out of things to do, you know? That's we, it. We've watched all of Netflix. We have watched all of HBO Max. So it's like, you know, what's next? What's fresh? What's new? Bingo. This is something that I would, you know... It would definitely work. Yeah. In theory, will it translate? Will it hit? I don't think anyone really knows until it's out there. All it takes is one guy on a skateboard drinking ocean spray, You're singing right. to a fucking Fleetwood Mac song, and then it goes, bing, straight to the top, man. That's it. 
Jeez. I know. It's crazy. So that's why I, I put out something in my in my Instagram stories the other day where I was like, you know, we grew up with that whole, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Was it Glenn Gary? Yeah, Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Was, that, was that the ABC Always Be Closing? Always Be Closing. Well, I mean, that, that's in a lot of movies now. <laughs> that, ton, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's, you know, from dating and freaking everything. But uh, I, I, mine is always be creating. Mm. And I, I did feel see that, like, yes. you know, the more you're creating, then the more that you're putting out there, eventually something is going to hit, you know, and to what level and what defines hit, it depends, you know, is different for every person. You know, I look at what you're doing is I think you hit, you know, it's just, I think what you're doing is so friggin' awesome. And, and, you know, I, I sat here quietly when you, and, you know, out of respect, you telling me, you know, that, that I, I've inspired you or you look at what I'm doing. Well, guess I'm looking at what you're doing and you inspire me. So We're just, I just muses over here, just musing off of each other. Well, it's just, <laughs> just people who are like-minded, putting yeah. good shit out into the universe universe and into the creative universe and and with with the purest and the best intentions at the moment this becomes like a chore a job something that i do not look forward to doing i know i'm like all right this is it's time to step back disconnect it's no longer fun right now this is easy work man you know i have a, we have busy schedules you know you're raising a family cantor you know you, you you're married we're older it's but i make time for these little things you know it's like tell wife is like you know what two times a week just give me a couple hours, you know, and boom, boom, I'll knock it out in the treehouse and I'll just, you know, produce edited in the background. I enjoy this because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just kind of going from, okay, this is how, all right, uh, uh, connected here. Okay. Input or put, eventually it all, it right. it, it eventually just, you know, it, it just works out and I want to take it to the next level. You, I look at you, you, you're just like, you're the final product. You know, and, and I know that because you're connecting with other people. We brought up the the ocean spray skateboarding, a dog face. Yeah, yeah. You had him on your podcast, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, how did that come about? Two, you look up to him because he's doing something that ultimately, <laughs> we you know, wanna we want to crack that code. Of you know, course. like, like well, what can we do to, like, get those hits, get those, you know, yeah. like, that attention? I got him early, and that was uh, such a get that I got through... A cannabis contact, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so, who would have thought? <laughs> but uh, it was somebody who actually, somebody on our network, on the You Podcast Network, we've got this cannabis show that does a cannabis show, and Jackie had a beat on him. She's like, do you want to talk to him? She's like, I interviewed him for a, for a written publication. And I was like, hell yes. So she put me in contact with his manager, because of course he's got a social manager now. Of course, <laughs> I, you know, I'll tell you, you know, the aforementioned 91 X it's, you know, it's, it's provided me the ability to drop those call letters. They do help me get in. I wouldn't places. doubt it, bro. I wouldn't doubt it. So you mentioned the call letters and then suddenly the dude's like, Oh yeah, I remember now. Of course. Yeah. So you have a common bond. The connection was made. And, and then from there it was like, let me hook you up with Nathan. So it was a quick discussion. I wish I had more time with him and I would have handled it differently, especially now what I know, because that guy, 
What what a force and what a beast, man! I have so Non-stop. much stop, so much respect for that guy, and he has not stopped, and he stayed committed, and that's what I admire about you as well. Is, is where I'm suffering is the uh, the consistency. I think the consistency is key, and sometimes my mind gets involved in all these other things, from merch to doing this animated thing, and I'm like, oh shit, I haven't podcasted in a month, you know? Yeah. So the consistency thing is key, and you're consistent. He's consistent, and that should be commended because that's also part of it. It's a lot of work, though. So much work. You, you yourself know how much work this is, man. And it's tough if you're trying to also live a mindful, selfless existence. Self-promotion is very narcissistic yeah. and self-absorbed. I get, it. I get annoyed. You know, you, you, you do it well. <laughs> you do it well because you're, you're promoting, you know, next project, next this, next that. But you get but sick of yourself. I get annoyed. I'm like, fuck, I'm putting another episode out on Instagram. Oh, fuck. Same. Doing a YouTube channel. God damn it. Like, this is so annoying. I'm getting annoyed by doing it. Yes. You know, but on the flip side of that coin... This is fucking therapy. Yes. You know, I have homies that w- w- I used to do jujitsu before, uh, b- b- before the, 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 the Rona hit and we all had to shut down. That was my therapy. It was like, ah, physical, like release, like going out there and we just threw like 200 pound dudes around and had fun. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. So I quickly found out that that was a void in my life. And I was just angry. I was just, I was easily stressed rather than more, more than angry. It was just everything bothered me. And I was like, oh, I can't take it. Um, I started fucking around with this more. Yep. And I just, I just put everything into this, you know, upgraded, upgraded my equipment, took it seriously. Who can I interview? Who can I bring in? All right. What am I really doing? Am I doing this to monetize? I'm like, no. So what the fuck? What, what am I trying to do? I'm just trying to like keep it going. Keep, yeah. keep the ball going. You know, it's like, like hacky sack. As soon as you drop the fucking thing, all right, guy, pick it up. Let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's but keep- it's so perfect for what you do because you don't have to worry about mm. necessarily the monetization because you do have so many awesome businesses that you can promote. That are currently not operational to the full extent, Hefe. Yeah, which is true. <laughs> which is true. And my heart goes out to you there. No question. But in non-COVID times, mm. it just gives you this beautiful place to promote you know, your own endeavors that yeah. you're building for yourself and your family. It all works hand in hand. You know, exactly. one one hand helps the other hand and in turn it does it all over again. Like I just released new uh, merch, like mm. our, our you platform. You can go to you, Y-E-W merch.com. I'll tell you this straight up. Y- your merch rollout inspired me and helped inspire me get my merch out. So that's part of how it all works. There's right? a lot of moving parts. You know, I've, I, like, I don't know if you do this all on your own or if you have a, a, a group that you work with, but with me, man, I, I've got like, fuck, like six other dudes. Like one dude that just does all of our artwork. Another dude that does, does pretty much all of the merch work. And then we kind of parlay and now we have a new guy that's going to do all of our video and he's going to start doing little uh, little little clips and so we can just put up started a YouTube channel so I'm like god damn yeah tons of work and majority of it I do do myself the majority of it but I do have people that help me out you know like you said I have an artist friend a merch friend we all have friends that help out but at the end of the day it's time consuming as you know you're not getting the return on investment that you would expect sometimes but it's all part of the cause. And then you move your podcast outside and you have to deal with the elements of the garbage men. Garbage and then, trucks. And, and the fucking, the, the ghetto birds. And dude, at around four o'clock, the crows start lining the up. Crows. And there's like, I hear some of the podcasts when I'm kind of like dubbing them, editing them out. I'm like, oh man, fucking crows. Those, those guys dude, are I love loud. <laughs> I, I think environmental stuff and the elements make it so much more interesting, to be honest with you. Other than sometimes rooms are just so boring and 
just friggin' blank. But I also know, you know, I heard the truck, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk through this truck right yeah. now, and you, you cut I through. Have, I have no structure, man. You know, it's it's very free-flowing. I, I don't know if this is something you do as it relates to prep work. For me, prep work is like, who's who's coming on? It's like, all right, cool. What do I know about him? Yeah, it's pretty much what how I What don't I know about him? Let's ask about that. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I'll... We'll touch on what we know, but what don't I know, you know? Yeah. That's pretty much how I roll as well, because I think that also relates to what we were talking about earlier and you asking me about radio, is I think that the, the most brilliant and awesome radio discussions were always one-on-one -on -one conversations or in-depth conversations between a host and a guest. And quickly, that, uh, that area, that, that part of the business just dissolved into nothing where it's like you have a guest on and it's like 30 seconds go who are you what are you doing here okay cool coming up next we've got more sublime <laughs> you know and that's you've done a lot of interviews tons but the formats have changed over the years where they used to be super friggin fun and awesome and i can go on air and spend 20 minutes with trent Reznor, trent Reznor or eddie vetter talking shit and then it suddenly became Okay, you can record the interview at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday and then cut it up into 10 bite-sized pieces, air 30 seconds at a time, and direct people to the website to hear the, the whole, whole thing. thing. And I'm like, Shuffling Out. traffic. It's like, no, that takes away from the art, from the connection. And I became such a purist in that space that I'm, I became a pain in the ass, I'm sure, to Matt. I'm sure I know to management and a lot of coworkers, too. Biggest douchebag you ever interviewed? Oh, boy. Nobody's listening. You're good. No, no. <laughs> you know, it, it's... I guess what, what really... What would a douchebag be? Somebody who is just... Pretentious. So very high pretentious. on himself. Very like, ugh. You know, I don't I even know why you, I'm here. Jerry, Jeremy Piven. Oh, well, fuck. That guy looks like he would play that part perfectly. Such an asshole. Ari, Ari Gold? Yes. <laughs> but in real life, though. <laughs> the real life Ari Gold? The real life Ari Gold is as pretentious and as douchey as the character. Jesus if not Christ. more so. Like, dude, gnarly. Gnarly. He's so insecure. So I've got two stories regarding that dude. So, uh oh, napkin went through. You just threw the napkin down. I just down. threw all a right, napkin right, cool. down. <laughs> I, uh, no, I got two funny stories. Uh, the one story, because you're supposed to tell stories on podcasts, right? I want to bring it in. I want to make it intimate. You know? So, um, <laughs> years and years ago, there was this thing here in San Diego called Street Scene. Aww. And uh, it used to be held downtown San Diego in the streets. The OG it. ones. The Those OG the street ones. scene. And around the same time as street scene, there was another thing going on called ASR, the Action Sports Retailer Show. So you'd get all these action sports stars and companies at the convention center in conjunction with the street scene scene going on, bands, skaters, surfers. The whole scene. The whole friggin' scene. It's just a 20-somethings paradise. Yeah, you know, friggin', it was just unbelievable. And uh, this one particular year, I, um, this is obviously before I was married and dating my, my girlfriend's then wife, but, uh, I met this girl from LA at street scene. who was down here with ASR 
totally friggin' hot. We go to fourth and B. We're like swing dancing, the big bad voodoo dad. That era, nice. That era, making out on the friggin' floor, dance floor. You think you're friggin' Mikey and swinger. Like a just, big bear. Dude, I it just I was that bear. <laughs> and believe me, I, I was nowhere near a, a big pimping dude fucking pulling chicks. I just this this night it was on and this chick was out of my league and I'm hooking it and it's on. We exchanged numbers and uh, I had uh, tickets to see David Bowie at the Universal Amphitheater yeah. a couple of weeks later. So I call her up and say, hey, it's Chris, the DJ from 91 Action. <laughs> and I said, um, I uh, wanted to see if you wanted to go see Bowie at, at the Universal Amphitheater with me up there. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God, I'd love to. So I'm like, cool. So uh, Who's going to say no to that, dude? Come on. <laughs> of course. So week and a half goes by, and it's the day of the concert. I'm driving to L.A., and um, she's, not, she's totally frigging ghosting me and Oof. not picking up the phone, right? And I'm like, are you kidding me? And... Uh, I'm still making my way to Los Angeles. I'm like, shit, I got the tickets and we're supposed to be meeting there. And this is like, I don't even know if to sell. I mean, I don't even remember. I just remember freaking out, calling her in San Diego, getting to my parents' house in LA and calling her again. And Jeremy Piven picks up the phone and he goes, stop harassing my girlfriend. Oh man, look and at I, you. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, dude, get a fucking clue. She doesn't want to be with, do, deal with you or be with you or go to this show. And I was just shocked. Ari Gold pulled rank on you, bro. Rank, Jesus. Dude. Picked up her phone and basically told me to kick rocks. Who'd you go with? Dude, I don't remember, believe it or not. You, I think, still, you still went, though? I did. Oh, all right, good. Talk. I think I went with a friend. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, I think I just pulled a homie, and it was just kind of like... Jeremy Piven, bro. Dude. And I, then I, later on in life, you interviewed him. And then later on in life... Tell me you brought that shit up. I didn't. Oh. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to, but it didn't even get that far because he was promoting... I forget what movie he was in, but it was a movie where he had a shit ton of hair. Okay. <laughs> and I said something along the lines of at the beginning of the interview, I was like, yo, dude, you're friggin' mop or you've got, you know, you know like, you've got some serious lettuce going on or something stupid like that. And he got so fucking triggered off of that where he started ripping into me going, let me guess, you're a fat, bald DJ sitting on your fat ass in a studio right now. And you feel like you have the authority right now to tell me that, you know, I look okay with hair. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell is this guy freaking talking about? You found about? his button, bro, and you just went in. <laughs> Dude, I hit some button with bringing up the fact he was wearing a hair piece in this movie. And he just annihilated me with the fat DJ. DJ sitting on his ass making fun of people. You're a fucking joke. And I'm like, oh my God, what a dick. Jesus Christ, man. You and Jeremy Piven. So that was my second and only encounter with Jeremy Piven. And then other than that, the only other funny story I have regarding, but I would never put this in a category of the person being a douchebag. He was just kind of being a dick and fucking with me. Is it okay that I'm swearing so much on your... We are a Christian okay. Christian podcast. We are you? Are, I yeah, had a we, feeling. We, yeah, we're 
primarily our demographic is for eight to ten year olds. I, I but they all speak Spanish. Carry okay, on. So they will not. <laughs> at all. I just noticed as I'm getting looser, I'm <laughs> dropping some more some more words. But um, yeah, I remember I was interviewing Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was so nervous leading up to the interview because John Frusciante had mm. just rejoined the band. And okay, I, so he had come back. He had okay, just yeah, come yeah. back from his drug stint. And I'm a huge John Frusciante fan, so I'm going to... More I, of that than a Chili Pepper fan, too, for sure. Yeah, me too. So I've got this one-on-one with Flea and John backstage at the Cox Arena, and they were like two hours late. And I started getting anxiety like a couple of, you know, like by the hour and a half mark. I'm like, shit, I've been standing here. I don't know if this interview is going to happen. I'm kind of tripping. So to calm myself down, I went back to my car and took a hit off a joint and then went back to the interview area. That's what you do. Half hour later, they call me down for the interview and I'm interviewing John and not spending enough time with Flea probably. <laughs> so Flea calls me out and he goes, are you stoned? And I'm like, it was like getting called out by your mom when you're in 10th grade. And I'm like, huh? Huh? And he's like, dude, your eyes are so friggin' red. And I'm like, I went surfing today. And he goes, those don't look like... We're in contacts. I said, no, Santa I, Ana's. I said surfing. <laughs> and he, I knew he wasn't buying it. <laughs> but him seeing my reaction, I could tell he's like, oh, shit, I'm kind of being a dick. So then Flea backed off a little bit. I finished the interview. And then afterwards, he put his arm around me. He's like, how was the surf today, man? Oh, and I was man. like, nah, dude, I'm just stoned. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't put that on Mike at the time. This is a different day and age. He can get away with anything now. Now, yeah. Now I hear it. What's crazy is I just remember for so many years, people in the industry, in many ways, you talk about stigmas and condemnation, you know, condemning me for being pro-pot. And now I tune into the radio station. This episode's brought to you by... Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, but some of the same people that judge... Do, do you still listen to terrestrial like talk show radio in the morning, morning shows, afternoon? I, I don't, but I will tune in uh, to... Um, to 91X from time to time for nostalgia reasons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's about it, man. To be honest, I just don't... I'm such a podcast consumer like yourself, and I love my own personal music so much that isn't represented on radio that I'm kind of <laughs> in my own little echo chamber. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, that you bring up about your project and your own music, um, at work, we have a lot of time, like I told you, you know? Yeah. So we, 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 we scoured the Spotify's and we came across, before I even like uh, reached out to you or we mutually reached out for podcasting and questions and such, the Yacht Rock Station, bro. Oh, bro, God. Bro, I listened, I, well, I don't know. I, I listened to four episodes, four yes. episodes that you put out. Yes. And we listened to them at work and we were like, fuck, yeah, like. I don't even like yacht, yacht Rock, but it just sounded so smooth, so cool. Dude. It's like it's like Cantori's on the radio all over again, but he's doing it in a different format on like streaming music. I was streaming it on Spotify. That's fucking rad. <laughs> and here's another example, see, of how you've inspired you're inspiring me to bring it back because I did it for a month. So was it only four episodes? I did four episodes. Okay, I, I fucking listened to and them the all. The fourth <laughs> episode was with Pablo Cruz. Yes, <laughs> and I got really into it. And I don't know if you've done this. And I'm just being honest, just as a creator, where you look at, I made the mistake of looking at my numbers. Mm. And instead of going up, my numbers were 
flatlined and in some cases going down. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm not hitting or I'm not resonating. So I kind of put it on pause. Oh, no, don't do that. But fuck, exactly. Now, after hearing that, I'm bringing it back and I'm dedicating episode five. <laughs> no shit. I'm dedicating the entire episode to you. Fuck yeah, bro. That's a, I love episode. the intro, the, ho- the, the, the foghorn, the whole... Brr, brr, and yeah. then you solely like, like almost sultry come in with your voice. Hey. I do a real cheesy <laughs> voice. It's so white yeah, bring, and over bring the that top. Shit back, I'll bring it back. Bring it back. You got see, it back. If those things make you happy, it doesn't fucking right. matter which way. That's what I'm saying. You know? That's why I'm saying the whole thing. This is it's mental jujitsu. When you're a creator and you're putting stuff out there, you really figuring it out. Rubik's cubing it. Exactly. Bro. Rubik's cubing it. Friggin' jujitsu, man. <sighs> And that's what I'm saying. It's like, no, I bring it back in two seconds. Yeah, it's not do that. Dead. All it's just a that. question of my attention went somewhere else. <laughs> oh, I got to do merch. Got to finish this animated short. Now I'll bring back the yacht rock. You know who's on my? Uh, you know who I'm getting for the podcast though. This is pretty fucking cool. Is I'm getting the guy from the Karate Kid. What's his name? Which uh, one? Johnny. Oh, you're getting to get Johnny boy. I'm getting Johnny on. Here, <laughs> is, I gotta, he, is he cruising to the house? Are you guys doing this via phone Zoom. or Zoom? But here, I'm going to share some. This is my, I'm going to share. This is funny, dude. Here's me going back and forth with his manager. Cobra Kai. Okay. So here, here's how I do business. Because you were asking, you know, how do you do business? So I said, um, I found out who uh, Johnny's, his real name is Billy Zadka. Okay. So I hit up his manager. I go, hey there, Gary. Hope this finds you well. I said, my name's Chris Cantori, and I was interested in getting your client, Billy Zabka, on my podcast, The Cantori Show, a former San Diego morning radio 91X. There it is. Call letters. Of 25 years, my podcast has featured a lot of big names from Lance Armstrong to Tommy Chong to Tony Hawk. A huge fan of your client's legendary career. Can you direct me to the PR firm that handles his interview request? Boom. All business. So he hits me back, and he goes, dude... I'm from SD and grew up with you on 91X. There it is. There it is. There it is. We're in production for Cobra Kai Series 4. Oh, so there's another one. They're shooting right now. And he goes, we won't (laughs) wrap until late March. Follow up with me with the first half of April and I'll get him on your show. And uh, he says, as you can imagine, he's being super inundated with press and may need to take some time off also. So I wrote him back and I said, totally get it. Appreciate the response so much. San Diego misses you. Ah, oh, look at you. Little so, ribbon. You so, just put a little bow on it at the end. <laughs> so then he writes back and he goes, ha, thanks. I only miss the Padres and Albertos. Ah, oh, he had me until Albertos. Me Fucking too. guy. <laughs> Same. See, that's why you and I, dude. Same. I was like, you call him Johnny, me. bro. Call him Johnny on the fucking podcast. So, He'll get butt hurt, dude. When I have him on, you can come up and co-host. Oh with man, me. I'm serious, dude. That's dude. a that's a great comeback, man. Right? Fucking Karate Kid. Decades pass. Amazing. Everything dies off. Blah, blah blah blah. But then out of the ashes, Cobra Kai rises, bro. And you know why it works, dude? Because they tr- they stayed true yeah. to the original. They kept the campiness, the same tone. It's all about tone, man. Everything's tone. cyclical too, if you notice, man. Yes. Trends, everything, everything, everything is cyclical, around, man. Dude. Yeah, it's kind of scary. My my youth, my early nineties is coming around. I'm but like, that's right, why cool. when you said, "Would you do the radio thing again?" and I I said there are times where I would have said, "No, I'm done, never going back." Mm. And then I go back a month later. But <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, you know, you never know. Radio could come back. You know, radio could be as you big never as know, bro. You never know. So for me, it's like, I always keep my options open, 
But at the same time, ABC, always be creating. Kentori, thank you. I gave you an out. Did you notice that? Ah, fucking, I read it, bro. I read it. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you, I dude. I read it, bro. You're good. Um, you don't even know how good you are. I do That's appreciate you taking you time out of your day to come down here, bro. I know I know. It, it's not as far, but it's it's still a journey. You have kids. You have responsibilities. And no, even just being in public during this time is it's, it's weird tough. for everything, me. Everything that, is it's tough. It's more bro, that than anything know? else. I do this in two seconds. It's more related to the pandemic. And... I'm happy to do this, man. I really am because it goes back to what I said before that you don't know it, but what you're doing and, or I'm telling you now, you know, inspires me, keeps me in check. And, uh, I like giving myself to good people. So thank you for letting me give myself to you. You made it wiggle. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you for coming down here. I looked at your crotch. You, you did. What I said, I mean, I said, you fucking know me. I'm, 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 I'm a little, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm needing a beer. <laughs> Thank you very much, brother. Check you later. Anytime. Was that that a is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Pop on in there. Join, submit, follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. See you